No, literally everything is, is going to be just fine. Can you hand me the headphones? Thank you. All right, let me just... Uh, sorry, we were literally just shoveling food into our mouths before you called, so... But we're good. We're ready now. Okay. Can you right. just really hold it like that? Yes, I'm really going to hold it like that. Okay. <laughs> Not all of us are professional recording studio artists. Well, I did do my best. At least we have working microphone stands now. Yeah, we have microphones and stands and stuff. It's very official over here, Connor. You're very, very much missing out. Yeah, what the fuck, dude? I believe it. My uh, recording studio is my car, which has a speaker be uh, a microphone built into it. So I can only hope it's coming through up. Yeah, no, you're fine. Um... these questions because I, I didn't want to get like too too deep into it i just wanted to like have some fun conversation with you but um did you yeah, yeah it's just like loose talking points i didn't think about it like too too much that's um, a good thing yeah we don't think about things too too much either yeah okay so uh i guess we'll just start off with the you know we'll start off with the surprise question the one that was blacked out when i sent it to you um, because I, I feel like this is a really good conversation piece since uh, we're still re-watching Stardust Crusaders and it was very poignant last night's episode uh, when we were watching Anubis Part 2 again. Um, so so your surprise question of the evening is if you could kill anyone to save Kakyoin, who would you kill instead and why would it be Polnareff? <laughs> Really? Yeah, <laughs> like that. Yeah, man. No, but seriously, you know like... I, I wouldn't. I would like you and stay dead. I mean, I think that... Oh. Oh. You had, prefer... like, a really good death overall, and it contributed to the plot. And, you know, it sucks that he died, but, you know, his death had more gravity to it because of that. It did. Uh, I mean, yeah, but it's just like... But... Polnareff. Yeah. Uh, how, 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 how? Everyone shits on Polnareff, but at the same time, that guy tries so damn hard. Does he though? He, that, like, I think that's my problem with him, is he tries too hard. He gets his ass kicked time and time again, but you know what? Outside of the Joe Stars, he is the only member of the group who, for one thing, survives the series, and also is the only one that didn't it's because he was always off trying to find a good place to shit. Yeah. <laughs> he has his priorities, okay? I know. <laughs> Listen, a good bathroom is hard to find in some parts of the world. It really is. I think... Yeah, I, I wonder if that was like a commentary, like a personal commentary on behalf of Iraqi, the guy who like... Um, who wrote the manga, like, if he just really, like, went on a world travel one day, or one day, one time, and, like, one day. And a huge issue, like, uh, finding... Well, yeah. But I'm wondering if he had just, like, the hardest time finding a decent toilet. I don't know, but he's definitely pretty racist. Like, oh, absolutely. Like, his culture is, like, so big. 
Absolutely. Um, yeah, that was something I definitely noticed, like when they got to India and like how everyone was like, ew, it's so gross here. But like Jotaro and Kakuin were like, nah, we like it. I mean, that's like very indicative of 80s Japan, though. Like, yeah. 80s Japan was very different than what it is now. So I feel like that's kind of like parts one through three are kind of like a representation of that, you know? Yeah. That's like, a good point. Like, even looking at part two, the way they depict the Nazis is so drastically different than the way Western culture would. Right. Like, it's shocking. We have a hard on Nazis at this point. So Von Strongheim being a sympathetic or almost heroic character is really like difficult to digest from a Western perspective. Right, I literally cheered when they did the whole, like, let's wrap up Battle Tendency and show where everyone went to, and it's like, Cars is in outer space, and I was like, Von Stroheim died in the Battle of Stalingrad, and I was like, yes! Yeah, she did let out an audible, yes! Yeah. I know, but, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he didn't deserve any kind of, like, hero attention to the Nazi. He's a cyborg Nazi, still a Nazi. A cyborg Nazi, even yeah. worse. Yeah, robo-Nazi, cyborg Nazi. Literally like a kind of video game. It's like out of Wolfenstein. Right. So while we're on the topic, um, so so you and Connor, you and I specifically disagree about Joseph being a Nazi sympathizer in in those literal words. So how would you how would you characterize Joseph's uh, relationship with like German soldiers? If we're going to use the anime terminology, <laughs> I mean, let's call it Nazi and Nazi. I don't see any reason to kind of like fit words there. Um, ah, shit, okay, so, Von Strohenheims is sadly a important character in the uh, second part of the series. Uh, I mean, Joseph is not really seeking allies when he does invite people like Shidar or, uh, the, you know, the Hamon teachers that he goes to. Von Strohenheims just kind of there. Like, he's the person who's, like, investigating the Thillerman, the Nazis are the people who are doing all that. They just happen to be involved in the same crisis, but I don't, wouldn't even really call them more than like they're allies for, this, for the duration of the battle. Yeah. I don't know what kind of like Nazi maintenance they did on Joseph's hand after <laughs> that was five with stars. Nazi maintenance. Is I want to know. Warranty? I want to know how they tested his bionic hand. Like, what did they have it do? Hand jobs. That's where Lots I was getting. That, that's really the honest answer. Like, it's the only way that appropriate. Tactile strength. Right. You put it in the most delicate situation. Right. There you go. <laughs> you, either, you either give a really good handy or you rip the dick off. That's it. <laughs> and judging by the Maybe fact that. Start, start with like oranges or something. Like if you can gently caress an orange without squeezing it into pulp, then you can move up the dick. Or setting off a bomb. Or or maybe like yeah, a bunch sure. of hot dogs. I don't know. <laughs> What Can you fuck? grasp these hot dogs from within their, uh, their water, the grave? Hot dog, watery grave. I don't know. Gross. Yeah, it is gross. It's a big problem. It's a major problem in the world, and not a lot of people are talking about hot dog, water graves, and I feel like we should be. Well, maybe that's another topic for another okay, podcast. Maybe it is. But clearly we know that Joseph's hand worked if they did the hand job test, because he then went on to have an affair. Right. He's very versatile. Uh, <laughs> I fucking hate that so much. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry for bringing it up. Yeah. Um, we had to. Yeah, fair. I mean, I think it's I think it's a difficult point for a lot of people. But hey, that's like a good. It's bad that I can reconcile the Nazi friends, but I can't reconcile him having an affair. Like, 
But what if Susie Q was okay with it? Um, so what what drew you to like Joseph Joestar and while you were watching Battle Tendency? Like what specifically because you defend him a lot in our Facebook conversations, so I'm just curious. I enjoy his character because he's such a dumbass. <laughs> I, I, and I didn't really like him a whole lot until we got to uh, Start of the Crusaders because of one very important thing. The dude got to be an old man. Yeah. You I mean, mean he like, lived? I mean, yeah. <laughs> he got to live long enough to grow to old age. The old yeah. man to be old and nasty. Grandfather, his father, or hell, I, I really doubt Jojo is going to survive to be like 90 years old. But Joseph Joestar, the guy lives to a ripe old age after having multiple adventures. That just seems like a very rare thing. This family comes from a long line of dudes who die real young and horrible. Yeah, no, yeah, for real though. All right, well, fair enough. I mean, I, I totally get that. I do. Um, so you like just, his tenacity? Yeah. His dumb, dumb, dumbassity. Yeah. But you're also forgetting, you're forgetting holy shit and son of a bitch. Yeah. Which are also classic uh, Josephisms. I really want to know, and I don't think they ever explain it, but like why he dropped the whole clacker ball ham on thing. This is dumb as shit. (laughs) It is dumb, but I want to know. Yeah, that's true. He was more apt to hit himself in the face than actually do any damage. Also the dumbest fucking attack. Like I've ever seen. I think like, these are just like, look him aside afterwards, like, listen. Like you could literally oh, put your sorry. home on in anything. Why does it have to be a fucking kid's play toy? Like why does it have to be clacker balls? I think yeah. it, I think it was to show that he was very mentally young. <laughs> was he five? <laughs> I mean... Oh my god. He's like got a he's got a fucking hoop and stick that he's like slapping around at people all over the place. Like what's that next? Um It is ridiculous. Yeah. Well, that's fair. I mean, I just, I thought it was so funny. You're so quick to defend him. And I didn't want to say anything about, you know, part four because you hadn't gotten there. So I didn't want to like just completely destroy your illusion of uh, him being like a really stand up kind of guy. So dreamy. Yeah. Uh, he's pretty fun. Like, I, I will give him that. Like, the character himself is a complete dumbass. Yeah. Um, he is fun. You know, Jonathan was like this paragon. Jotaro is like this delinquent with a heart of gold. Joseph's just a dumbass. Like, he's probably the more relatable of those three right there. Yeah, fair. Uh, so, Hermit Purple, uh, he can divine with it anything he wants to know about anybody. If you had a stand, what would it be able to do, and what would it be called? Shit, I know I should have thought more about this. <laughs> You'll have time to respond. Um, mine would be something like foreigner based, like the band Foreigner, mm. um, because I like I love them so much. They're total '80s stuff. Um, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with a stand named after their song head games because like that's one of my favorite songs oh or ooh no double vision nice yeah okay but what does it do duh 
Like it like stuns people. Oh. So it could be like a range stand, not like a close up or a combat stand, but like a range stand that like just stuns mm-hmm. an enemy or uh, somebody that I want to stun. <laughs> okay. And like kind of just, you know, it's like tinnitus, but in your eyeballs. That sounds disgusting. Yeah. So your eyeballs are like shaking so fast that you go blind. No, you wouldn't go blind. It would just, it, it, it would feel like you got knocked upside the head and you would just be stunned and not be able to like focus. Yeah. Um, for several minutes. Yeah. Yeah, but for your eyeballs. Yeah, but for your eyeballs. I, I taser. <laughs> yeah. The old, the old tasey crazy. What about you, Greg? Uh, I feel like it would have to be like, I don't know, like something relating to gardening. I think it would be awesome to have a stand that shoots tendrils out or like maybe like grabs people up when they're not noticing so like hermit purple but on people and not devices and they get drunk as fuck (laughs) yeah Yeah. huh like they're all like like they'd be like trying to have a fight and they're all talking standing there all being like tough boys at each other and then all of a sudden they're like stumbling around like and i have no idea what i'd call it because i'm not so good with classic rock maybe you can help me with something that would be appropriate i don't know what do you think I would have to think about it. It's like you, you sprung that on me. I did sprung it on you. Yeah, yeah, so I don't know. I don't know. I think that'd be funny. Come up with a name out. for it later. That'd be like a good one part throwaway episode where they just like all get underage drunk pretty much. That was in part four. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, Connor, did you have you thought of something? Uh, okay, so I really should invest more time in this. Damn, like, Connor. Part of me wants to go with just like my zodiac side having something to do with cancer. But I feel like it was going to be something more representation of like myself and music, which is always like a huge theme in this series. I want to do something with like this tall, vaguely feminine uh, creature with uh, this long black flowing cape and a tight black corset that looks like Frankenberger from the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yeah, word. And I was called like the old queen. Nice. And power is related to like singing. And just causing everyone to break down into orgasms constantly. <laughs> that's still that's still very on brand with the JoJo. Uh, yeah. It's <laughs> really that's really funny. Mm-hmm. I like that a lot. I think that would be hilarious. I think our stance could be very good friends. But also, but not like hilarious, but like, but like because I know exactly where you're coming from because we were on the same Rocky cast. Like, I get it. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. at a very deep yeah. level. Twenty years. Oh my god! You get to once you get that far. Let's see. I joined in two thousand six, technically, and that was fourteen years ago. God, kill me. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. It was two thousand twelve for you. All right, so uh, back to <laughs> back on top. non-rocky things, um, or maybe somewhat oh, rocky okay. topics. <laughs> it's, all, it's all relevant. I'm waiting for Rocky Horror to appear in JoJo. It's inevitable. I mean, I don't know. Maybe in part five. We haven't gotten there yet. I really just kind of want to stop watching Stardust at this point, just skip to part five, because I'm just like, well, we I've already can. spoiled so much of it for myself. <laughs> Yeah, I've inadvertently spoiled shit through fucking TikToks, of all things. Yeah, we need to stop watching TikTok compilations. Um, so, Connor, did, did Jotaro ever grow on you when you were watching Stardust Crusaders? Yeah, I mean, I think that as a character, he's 
Yeah. He never really seems like he's actually in danger versus the complete dumbass walking around with a bunch of biker balls who looks like he's just like face bombing. Like all of his friends are face bombing constantly at his antics. Seems like he's in more actual danger from the big bad scary vampire than, <laughs> you know, Jotaro, who looks like he could ditch press a semi truck and like not even break a sweat. Yeah, but did you notice in in Stardust, like, they all look like they could bench press semi-trucks, but, like, then when it comes to actual feats of physical strength, like, they suck? Yeah, it's not just, like, the art style the writer is a creator is obsessed with. Oh, yeah. I've seen that it started to change uh, going into part four? Yes. Part four. Yeah, season season three, part four. Yeah, it's just, like, he continually changes it to adapt to whatever is, like, modern at that time. So it's yeah. definitely like an interesting time capsule scene. Like, wow, this is what everyone wanted to go be characters like. Have you like ever these superhuman bodybuilders? Have you ever seen um, Fist of the North Star before? No, I haven't. No. It's uh, it's like one. It's probably even honestly an inspiration to JoJo, to be honest, because of how old it is. It's one of the oldest, like hyper violent shonen, big beefy boys walking around of. A, a shitty world, you know, beating the hell out of each other, anime and manga. So I was going to ask if you thought maybe that, uh, you know, Araki got an inspiration for his character designs for one through three from that, but he ain't never seen it, so. I mean, we've talked about that. No, I cannot answer that. Yeah. We, we've talked <laughs> in length about that, and I've seen, like, snippets of Fist of the North Star, and I know from, like, the online presence of, like, the comparisons between the two, like, it's definitely... Yeah. Uh, an inspiration, but yeah, I guess if you're looking for more anime to watch, Connor, that one might <laughs> you might just be like intrigued enough to watch it. I haven't seen it either, but I know I know what Greg's talking about because we brought it up a lot. Mm-hmm. But I mean, even if you wanted to look at kind of outside of Japan, that influence is still really strong. Like look at comic books. Oh, absolutely. Like, the way that they build Captain America or Batman is supposed to be like this human perfection that's coming out of the puzzle. At least with Captain America, he actually has a physical strength to go along with, like, the, the musculature. So it's not quite as comical to, like, see them be like, oh, I can't, like, lift this sword off the ground. It's too heavy. Like, someone help me. And it's just like, guys. But then, but then Jotaro does fucking push an entire thing off together. Yeah. Yeah. It's just so weird. Like, there's such a, like, uh, aberration from episode to episode based on, I think it's, like, it's obviously just, Situational. Situational and plot-based, but still, it's kind of crazy. Yeah. But, um, so, since, since we, other than, other than Joseph, though, like, this is kind of a loaded question, but, like, who's your favorite and least favorite Crusader? Um, Asdol. I mean, the guy actually knew what he was doing the entire time. So he's your favorite? No. No, yeah, sorry. I I was talking about the episode that we had just watched last night and then I like changed gears really quickly. But yeah, Dio. Dio definitely kills Kakuane. Cuz Kakuane's still in the hospital when they're facing Anubis. Yeah. Yeah, I Right. I really like Abdal too and I think he kind of brought that whole I don't want to say like mystique aspect to it, but like he brought like a like an intuitive like just 
uh, knowledge to the whole thing. And I, like, the first time we watched Artist Crusaders, I was so fucking mad when, um, when they, like, killed him off, you know? Like, when he got shot by Whole Horse. And then I was, like, really, really stoked that I was like, okay, good, he's not dead. But then he did do a die anyway. And I was really mad about it. <laughs> I was really mad about it. I did like that they actually killed like, not everyone got a happily ever after. Yeah, and I, because Stardust Crusaders was our first foray into JoJo's, like, we skipped parts one and two, um, to have that many people killed off, you know, at the end of the thing, at the end of the part, I was just like, wait, what? <laughs> but it makes sense because there's, you know, it's a new t- time period and it's a new group of people with every single part. So, like, people gotta die. I mean, they didn't go that hard in the first two. Like, sure, Jonathan died at the end of part one, and his dad died, who was, you know, kind of just, was a dick anyway. His mom but, died. Yeah, well, that was like the series before, before, before the first episode, even. So right. I, I'd hardly say, like, her death had a real strong impact on the audience. Like, you know, strong impact on the characters, sure, but, you know, she died off screen, and the most we see is uh, Dio Brando's bad dad. Uh, just kind of pillaging through their loose change. Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, yeah, I, I I felt the same way about part one. I was just like, wow, I don't really know any of these characters enough to give any kind of shit about them um, dying. Like, not even Jonathan. I was just like, well, sucks to be you. Right. Hug your... Hug Dio's head a little harder, maybe. Yeah, dude. I, was, I was just so thrown off because I was like, damn, I have literally zero emotional attachment to yeah. pretty much any of them from part one and two. It was just like, oh, well, it's over now. Part one, definitely. I was like, I don't really give a fuck about any of these Yeah, Speedwagon go eat shit. Uh, <laughs> basically, everyone go eat shit. Like, no, he was saying like he like an emotional attachment to Speedwagon. Oh, I don't know. Speedwagon is such a good man. Yeah. Yeah. That is more than Dio Brando's dad did. Not, sorry, that is more than Jonathan's dad did. I mean, it's more than both of their dads did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Yeah. George Joestar was, like, kind of a huge dick. He was like, oh, I hate my own son. Why can't he be more like this orphan who killed his dad? <laughs> Blonde, hot orphan. <laughs> Gross. Living in my... He was <laughs> 12. Yeah, the internet forgets about that, too. No, they don't. Um, no, they don't. <laughs> Um, uh, I got a question for you guys. What's up? Um, oh? so you, you said you watched uh, Stardust Crusaders first before watching parts one and two, right? Yeah. We did. We're the we're the meme. Yeah. So, uh, what was it like, like already knowing that Dio was going to turn into this big bad vampire wearing Jonathan's body like a you know tuxedo, um, and then going back and seeing those characters as kids and seeing how it all started? Honestly, for me, it wasn't really that much of a of like a weird thing because like I said, I feel like the development uh, that is exposed from parts one and two in part three is almost just like throwaway references. And like, and that was my big problem with a lot of it was because it almost feels as though the weight of parts one and two just doesn't even come close to being worth mentioning for part three. Like the most you get is pretty much like, Oh, Haman's a thing. But like for a split second, whereas it's like a major thing in parts, you know, in part one and two, part one and you know, all of part two, and that's pretty much the most powerful you could hope to be as a Haman user, unless you're. If you're, you gotta, 
Yeah, if you're human. Right, unless you're a hot, hot, ancient rock man. Shut up. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, so, so the concept of Dio, Dio's head being attached to a Joestar body, I was just like, okay, this is where this plot is going. Like, I get it. You kind of have to in order to, like, awaken all the stands and stuff. Although, I still have my theory that I refuse to kind of talk about because I don't want to spoil stuff um, for Greg or you. Uh, but, like, how all these stands came to be, I don't think it was... I think that Joestar specifically were, like, uh, Dio-related. Um, but, like, everyone else, like, they didn't... Their stands didn't awaken because of Dio. They came about some other way, which you will get to and I'm excited for you. <laughs> I'm like so excited that you took this journey and you're just like, you're just like, I don't know what I'm doing anymore, but um, we're like, here now. You're like, I'm in danger. Yeah. That is an appropriate way to look at the JoJo series. I don't even know what's going on anymore, but dude, there's a lot of fun stories happening. There's a lot yeah. of man-made I think I think you're really really gonna uh, like part four. I know you you already aren't a big fan of Josuke and you're disappointed with Joseph, but I think the side characters and how prominent they are yeah. in part four will like really. It's like the antithesis to part one and two's treatment of like side characters. Like... Right. That's I mean, and part four is is why we decided to go back and rewatch like parts one and two, like season one, like mm-hmm. that we just fucking we tried watching it like what six years ago and i was just like this is boring yeah and we didn't even get to the part where the dog gets going in incinerator yes we did did we mm-hmm. okay it's the first episode <laughs> a lot happens in the first episode <laughs> poor danny yeah poor, poor danny so so who's your favorite like side incidental character connor connor is my favorite side uh, character <laughs> just kidding i, I like the wagon like the dude was a class act, you know, after uh, <laughs> Jonathan died, he didn't move in on Jonathan's widow when he was obviously interested, and he also was the person who really set the structure up to support the real heroes who, you know, he actually recognized that he was a bit part in this thing. I mean, he was a bit part billionaire in this thing and was able to use his resources to, like, make major changes in the world, but he was still kind of a steadfast ally to the Joe Stars because they were, like, really important to the plot. So, that being said, what are your thoughts on him going from uh, Hoodlum trying to kill uh, Jonathan to all of a sudden being like, Oi, God, <laughs> brokey blimey, we best friends now, eh? Like, that was just such a fucking, like, whip-crack whip boomerang kind of transition for me. I was like, what the fuck happened? I have no clue how that happened. Like, him? But, you know what? But trying to, if you try to, I feel like if I try to, like, dig into the previous characters' morals and understand their actions, I'm just going to be wasting my time. Like, everything is surface. There's nothing deeper than that. I, I, have some, I have some snacks for you guys to chew on regarding this whole situation. I like snacks. Yeah, so part one, and even stuff in part two, like, especially I'm thinking about the the Colosseum battle between Wham and Joseph, there's a lot brought up where they talk about, like, warrior spirit, and, um, like, even, even uh, what's his face, the first Zeppeli, like, you know, like, gave his life in, in order to, like, have Joseph, or um, Jonathan survive, and his grandson did the same thing. 
uh, for Joseph, but there's, there's an ongoing theme about like having a warrior spirit. God, I can't talk right now. Um, like throughout the series and how the Joe stars specifically, I guess, or their offshoots, like are very much like they have hearts of gold. They're there to do the right thing and to carry on. I think, I think Speedwagon him being like a, a back alley hoodlum, he recognized that in Jonathan almost right away because Jonathan was like, oh, you got a hat made of blades? I'm going to stop this real quick with my forearms. And I think I think Speedwagon saw that, you know, warrior spirit inside Jonathan was like, you know what? This guy's worth my time. This guy is worth teaming up with instead of trying to, like, defeat. Just like just like Jonathan did with, with Blueford. He saw, like, the goodness still in him. This guy, you know, all my henchmen didn't kill them. Therefore, I must be his best friend now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's established dominance in the back alley duels. Yeah. He basically, like, flipped over and exposed his cockney tummy to him. Right. <laughs> so, that's a fun little mental image. But I think also... Go ahead. It's kind of childish in a way, too. Just like, it's like a playground mentality of, like, you beat me up. Like, I beat you up, but now we're best friends. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it, yeah, there is kind of that, like, playground mentality of, like, oh, well, you bested me. So clearly, like, we just need to team up forever and ever. Amen. But, I mean, how many how many kids, like, our age, like, I'm going to say guys specifically, because this wasn't really, like, a... a, a a girl thing on the playground Goyle. according to my memories because i did try to beat up someone else and we were not friends afterward um <laughs> but like how many of you like met your met your friends when you were kids like just by getting into fights on the playground i didn't okay <laughs> i only got in a couple of fights in school and that was like one and done kind of thing all right so. but it's like a trope right well it definitely is a trope yeah oh, it's, it's definitely, it's definitely a trope. Trope. yeah it's like finding a worthy adversary yeah but I do, I do like speaking of tropes and the way that the series kind of define themselves. Um, I do find it very interesting from watching all of them in such quick concurrence how much it seems that those defining aspects of the series is changing as we keep going on. Like parts one through three are like kind of sort of a, a package deal, I feel like, with how they, they see masculinity and like fragility and friendship and all that stuff. And then part four hits and it's just like it slaps a different slaps a little different and then from everything i've seen from part five it slaps a lot different and then never mind the other fucking three parts that i have literally no idea about at all like no clue i do i don't i'm really mad about it i ain't got nothing i'm mad about it I'm, yeah i'm sure you are <laughs> damn internet keeps telling you so i know i try to stay away but i can't oh my god kind of turns into an interesting commentary on culture. I mean, the, the creator is trying to, uh, you know, get the most viewership, write stories that are actually going to uh, connect or resonate with the modern audiences, but you know, with each series, he's writing for a new, a different term of modern. That's you see with, like, the, the shapes of the characters changing, the powers changing, the enemies changing. But, That's very true. Mm-hmm. That is, and, and that is something that I really do um, enjoy about the story in general. Like, I guess specifically the manga, because we only have uh, parts one through five animated. Although part six is supposedly coming at some point, I guess when maybe there's not a fucking pandemic happening. Um, but yeah, no, that's definitely like a, a very like prominent 
um, aspect of this is like it changes yeah. um, for the for the audience for the times. Like this this series has been ongoing since the fucking eighties. It's been thirty years. Yeah, and Dragon Ball hasn't changed like really at all with its theme. I feel like the last series did. Super. Yeah. I mean, maybe a little bit, but I, I mean, like, it's more of the characters changing slightly, yeah. but, like, the, the theming and the way that they view friendship and stuff is, I feel like, still exactly as it was back in the, the 80s. Like, and they, I think they both started around the same time, like the original Dragon Ball. Yeah. They both have the ideas of, like, this super strong Ultraman who can do anything with the power of his spirits. Right, literally. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. exactly. Very much so. Yeah. Why the hell did everyone just stop using Hamon? Was it no? Was it like no longer effective? Was it like how could Joe right. not use Hamon if both if like most of his male ancestors and I'm, even female ancestors could? I'm sure he could and can. It's just that there's like there wasn't anyone around to fucking show him. There was no epic journey with a dude with a pig top hat to go on to punching through frogs and all that stuff. You know, he didn't get the chance. Jonathan mastered that shit in a weekend. Yeah. You would think that Joseph would have been able to teach his grandson how to use this over the course of a long vacation. Yeah. Well, again, we don't, it's not clear how much time um, Joseph spent with Holly after she moved to Japan because he seems uh, so shocked. I mean, like, before. Yeah. yeah. They were, like, traveling for, like, 40 days. Yeah, it's, not, yeah. Not every day with a stand battle. They could just like, oh, by the way, true but maybe he just figured that because Jotaro already had the stand that manifested maybe he just figured like meh that's good enough like it's strong enough like Jojo like Jojo Jr. doesn't need (laughs) (laughs) he doesn't he doesn't need to learn Hamon because he's got star platinum it could be something as silly as that or or um I don't even know what it is because I refuse to spoil myself but there is like a million of these conspiracy theory videos on YouTube that are like, did Iraqi forget about like all these plot points and items and all this other stuff? Oh yeah. Like all of parts one through three and then everything going forward beyond that. Like, did he just forget about this stuff because of one thing or another? Or did he just conveniently plot omit everything? Like, yeah. So it could be a little bit of that too. I think he, I think part three was a way to change, change the characters change the story, change yeah. the power. I mean, yeah, that feels like part three comes across like Dragon Ball Z. Because, I mean, it was... the original Dragon Part Ball. two, Battle Tendency made it very obvious that Hamon wasn't the end-all, be-all power for Hamon users to have. True. I mean, Cars, like, literally just stuck a red stone in a mask, and then he was like, ultimate being, what's Ooh. up? <laughs> what's up, fuckers? Right. You know, Connor was saying that like, wouldn't Jotaro just innately have Hamon abilities or something? Like, just be like, he was born with that ability, and then the next natural progression is stands. I don't know, because that one episode where Joseph is in the plane that's getting hijacked with Speedwagon, like, it kind of makes it seem like he has an innate Hamon ability. True. It could be. Maybe they just don't talk about it. But it's weird, because I don't think, I don't think his dad, I don't think Joseph's dad had Hamon ability. His dad went and was fighting a vampire or something in London, 
about Jotaro's dad for a split second. No, he's a jazz musician and he is an absent father. Right. But like maybe he's like maybe maybe it's like a supernatural situation where he's not actually a jazz musician and he's just lying to his whole family. Meanwhile, he's globetrotting, killing vampires left and right. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> I mean, we never see him. His dad could be Pio. Como Dio da. Como Dio Papa da. Well, his dad's not Dio, but yeah. someone else's dad is Dio. Depending on who you ask, Dio is his daddy. Well, yeah, depending on who you ask and in what tone you ask. Right. <laughs> Jesus. Um, Connor, do you have any, like, ships from from, from this series? <laughs> yeah, speaking of daddies. Like, what? All the female characters are either related to the main characters, whoa, or they don't know that they're related to the main characters. Whoa, I'm okay. sorry, Mariah is not related to the main characters. And I think you're misunderstanding. When we say ship, we mean all those ships be sailing, no matter who or with what or whom else. I, I feel like much actually happened. Like, I feel like when Dio's head attaches stuff to Jonathan, Literally. That is the ultimate ship. That is the ultimate, and, and the ship went down in flames. <laughs> but they still survived dying. That is a great way to put it. <laughs> There's no way, no more definitive way of saying that than the fucking ship literally went down. Yeah. Well, okay, so, like, I, I kind of ship Joseph and Caesar. Kind of? Okay, like, a lot. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, I, I feel like Joseph is too fucking dumb like he would have been, he would have been too dumb to realize if Caesar, like you know, had blatantly expressed interest. If Caesar started being like, "Yo, can you be my crouton? You know, are we doing this? Like, what are we doing? Yeah, that kind of thing." <laughs> I don't know. I kind of, I do like, I, I like the idea of Jotaro and Kakuin. I think they complement each other, and they're both smart boys. And Kakuin's just enough of a outgoing. Not um, not annoyed by literally everyone alive personality <laughs> that like offsets Jotaro that I feel like they would make a really good match. Yeah, that makes sense. And he's really good with his tongue. He is. <laughs> you know he'd be working it. <laughs> yeah, and Jotaro didn't like punch him in the face for it either. He just sighed and like pulled his hat down. Right. He was mildly annoyed. Yeah, by he's flushing cheeks. Oh. Yes. <laughs> Yes. It's true. He was like, oh, this is a real Kakuin. Gotta hide my hide my blush. <laughs> yeah, the other one was faking on me, which is why he really beat the shit out of that. Yeah, guy. like, how dare you? But never mind when the real Kakuin starts doing that shit with his tongue. Woo! Yeah. Oh, my God, this has been so much fun. I wish we could do this, like, every, yeah, <laughs> every episode, except my phone signal sucks butts. Sucks big butts. I'm really surprised my phone hasn't dropped this call yet. I'm really glad it hasn't. Yeah. I mean... Let me finish part four. We can do it again sometime. Absolutely, dude. Yeah, that's the hope. Get on it, man. You gotta get go. I mean, let let the man have a break. Yeah, <laughs> it's on. a lot to digest. Yeah, I know, I know, but it's like I was the same way. Like with, uh, I've been the same way with a lot of stuff. Where I was like, Ugh, I don't know about that first episode, but then. Dude, we we slammed yeah. through part four though. We did. Yeah. It was just, uh, once you get going in part four, Connor, like, it is just like, this shit, I mean, you thought part three was weird, like, part four is fucking weird. Yeah. (laughs) Like, just brace yourself. The biggest biggest barrier with me in the part four that I found on Hulu right now is the subtitles. I mean, I I watched part 
one, two, and three all dubbed, and it was really easy for me to do that and like success with things at the same time. Yeah. Really feel like I got what was going on. I just pay way more attention when there are subtitles. Yeah, it is tiresome, dude. Like I've noticed when we watch um, subbed instead of dubbed, like I'm so tired because I'm like trying to like read and then also like see what's going on because not all of it like the dialogue doesn't always have like exposition and and i noticed like when we switched over to the the dub for a couple episodes of stardust i was like oh it's so much easier to sit here and take notes of stuff i want to talk about when we record later like but then the dub got on our nerves so we switched back to subtitles but yeah. it is it is hard i just don't like how they oh, sound bad french accent is great though Sorry, sorry, his complete lack of French accent. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I'm just gonna sound like an American and just say mon chéri. <laughs> Every once in a while, I'll throw some fucking French in there. Yeah. All right. Bonjour. Well, is there toilets? Bonjour. Uh, <laughs> shitty hole for the pig. Where do you got one? We need one. We need another one. Please and thank you. You know, no pig toilets. Mm, yes. Um. Yeah. All right. Final question, and you can answer yes or no because I know we're on a little bit of a time crunch. Do you think the Pillarmen could have been reasoned with? No. They were, like, totally up for world domination and subjugation of the human race. Like, Cars was not interested in, you know, negotiating or anything. He was just going to be a straight-up monster. Yeah. No, yeah. for sure. I, I actually agree with that after some research that I did yesterday. Like, I, I just, like, went and, like, read a bunch of stuff um, about the characterization. <laughs> stuff and things thirst research yeah thirst research (laughs) um imagining like just like scrolling through all the different blog pages about shifting kakuin and jotaro and discussing cars motivation you're not you're not wrong (laughs) i will uh i'll message you later there you go um but yeah so i don't know i yeah i I just kind of thought up that question just because i'm you know we did discuss that the Pillarmen were very, very much like anti-human race. And I was just like, well, maybe. And then I'm like, no, they were really like just down to fucking clown and like just kill everybody. <laughs> Honestly, still in my mind, oh God, this is so twisted. In my mind, it still makes them better than the Nazis because they weren't going to discriminate on who they killed. They were just like, no, everybody's got to go. Right. Everyone, we got to have a it's fucking gonna, fire sale. It's like worse than Thanos. Literally everyone has to go. Yeah, no 50% shit. No. 100%. Clear it out. Yeah. But at least they were very forthcoming in their, you know. Um, Wearing of thongs. No. <laughs> Lots of thongs. So many thongs of thongs. Yeah. Like, mm, every time cars turn around, you've got a great view. Yeah. yeah. Lots of cake. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a fucking patissier up in this V. <laughs> nice. Thanks. All right, Connor. Um, I just I'm so happy that you could call in and talk to us tonight. Uh, this is going to be a one-off episode that we probably upload mm, maybe like next week or the week after. We have a couple one-offs that we're kind of working in, so we don't spoil like literally everyone for stuff if they if they haven't already watched the series. So um, I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the podcast as well. Yeah, thanks, man. It's a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, we'll. We'll do this again. We'll do this again sometime. It'll be so much fun. Looking forward to it. You guys have a wonderful night. Thanks. You too, man. I'll talk to you. See you later. Bye. 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 But yeah, that was a lot of fun. Uh, Can't wait to have him back. Yeah. 
Uh, hopefully, all, all loaded up on part four. Yeah, all loaded up on part Brim, four. All chalked to the brain. It makes me sad that um, Hulu doesn't have part four dubbed because that's like, like Connor was like, oh yeah, DC Douglas like does a does right. a bit. Yeah, we were originally really disappointed by that, and I don't get it because like it's that's standard stuff now. <sighs> <laughs> it's been a very long weekend. I just lost my train of thought instantly. <laughs> <laughs> about butts. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right, guys. So, thank you so much. Thank you, Connor. Thank you, Greg. Oh, thanks, Liz. Thank you, Liz. Thank you, Connor. <laughs> we doctor, 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 doctor. We appreciate it, guys. Uh, as and always, we'll have another episode up real soon. Yes. <laughs>